0: Speaking of cheesecake, it's a terrible segue into this week's Midweek Matinee, where I'm joined by Chris Figgs to continue our dive, our continuing of the fast saga, as I think it's now being referred to as. Yes. I mean, what if it's five plus, it's a saga, so it's been a saga for a long time.
1: <laughs> it's a saga and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're actually about to hit double saga status, you know? Yep. What if that's what they call... Fast and the Furious 10 <laughs> the, the Fast Double Saga
1: <laughs> I would enjoy that
0: Anyway, like I said We are on the road towards Fast 9 Watching all of the Fast and Furious movies On this here midweek matinee podcast And I will be joined every week By none other than Chris Figs. This week I am hosting since he took those duties last week Thank you Chris Yeah. yeah. So, if for some reason you are listening to this And have not watched Fast and the Furious 1 because we we'll inherently be talking about it go back and check our episode out on that after you watch that movie too or fast and furious too. then stop turn it off go watch that movie get hungry and then come back over here
1: <laughs> i am hungry
0: yeah because in this podcast we hungry bruh <laughs> bruh
1: C- <laughs> C- yeah so chris
0: first things first i think as we always do kind of traditionally on this podcast and as i think is a little important just because of how we built expectation to some degree at least me for sure on the last episode Uh about being unsure about how i felt about two because it's been so long since i've seen it so two questions for you yeah when's the last time you've seen this movie how many times have you seen this movie i guess kind of on top of that and did you enjoy
1: it? um i honestly don't know if i've ever seen this movie before this one really i, I thought i had and then i watched this movie and i remembered none of it so, so it might have been one of those
0: things where you caught a line or two or someone made reference and you exactly. kind of just thought the reason i say that it's because me and you have internally made this joke about tyrese's character in this movie roman saying we hungry yeah for that's been an ongoing behind the scenes joke on this podcast for like a year yeah which is the entire length of the podcast but
1: you know (laughs) i have just always thought it was really funny
0: so i guess that bounces us back to the other question if this is your first time watching it fully through how did you enjoy it
1: i really liked this movie i think it was really fun
0: how did you like it as a follow-up specifically to one I really liked it. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good old double answer. Well, I'll kind of answer the, the first question myself. I've seen this movie exactly one time. I've maybe seen like bits and pieces on TV whenever I was at someone's house or at like a bar grill or something where they had it on TV. But in terms of front to end, watching it and paying attention, a single time. And that was a long time ago when the movie it was really new still. And I think I somewhat reasonably but also unfairly had a wrong idea of what exactly this movie was in hindsight. I feel like I thought this movie felt like less of a real sequel than I actually do now that I've rewatched it. I feel like this works itself out to where, even though for whatever reason and whatever the script was going to look like, had they been able to get Vin Diesel to come back as Dom, we didn't get that version. Mm-hmm. And the version we got still feels like it works thematically, stylistically, and everything as a sequel to the first movie. I think it definitely starts to shift the tone in a direction that's more lighthearted and fun than the first movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, agree. I think
0: kind of lets the rest of the series eventually get to where spaceship and a car on spaceship going to space. <laughs> but yeah i think i kind of gave this movie a bad rap so while you can't speak on that particular part i am curious about hearing why you think that it was a good follow-up because as i say i agree Uh, but what made you feel like yeah it's a good follow-up and it's fun is it just that it's fun or is there more to it that you feel like thematically ties it back to the first movie
1: you know it makes sense to me that uh brian would be just kind of aloof I guess and then get roped back into his old life because of his connections I think the movie does is weird without Vin Diesel I think that's the only thing and I think it would be very easy to have put Vin Diesel in this movie even though well, it wasn't
0: written for Vin Diesel or at least yeah. from what we can tell this version of the script was not intended for Vin Diesel
1: yes I mean like there were two scripts written one if he was back and one if he wasn't so that would definitely indicate to me that it doesn't fit him. I just think the way they introduced Roman, you could have swapped out uh, Dominic Toretto, and it would have been completely fine. I would have bought it just the same.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna peel back the cover of the show for a second and kind of let audience in on something. We got like a quarter of the way through the episode <laughs> a couple of days back. Uh, and this is one of the things that we actually got to talking through before we had some technical issues that yeah, stopped I us. I was being
1: subtle about it, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and at the time, we kind of were getting into how you think that, and I think that that's actually interesting because it, for there to be a contingency plan about Vin Diesel coming back and there being a script made for him, <clears throat> we'll never know. But it really makes me wonder was it more leaning towards what you're doing and it was a script that was very similar but specifically lended to the fact that it was dom in this position Mm -hmm. like so was it basically the same overall story but with dom and then the changes that would have to come with the fact that there's a little more stink behind dom and brian
1: um i don't know i think it would have been subtle things like you would have had conversations about mia and mia might have been back in the movie yeah but i think it wouldn't be that hard to because i remember um you had said that you didn't think that the police would work with dominic i think that was one of your main points or at least not forgive his crimes and if you'd like to as i feel like the fact that it is brian
0: and the original i don't know his name but the um i don't think it's fbi what was he
1: was he the border patrol FBI. agent? Or was One he, of them okay. was FBI.
0: Uh, the the elderly—I well, shouldn't say elderly, but like the middle-aged black guy.
1: Yeah, it was like a joint FBI and local police investigation. Yeah, because I, I want to
0: say the the way that this movie kind of worked was that it was uh, is that it was border patrol because they were trying to handle people smuggling over. Um, and I want to say, was it Agent Bilkins? Isn't that the guy's name that I'm talking about? That sounds right, Bilkins, and. I feel like because of Bilkin's relationship with Brian and then Brian's relationship with Dom, if this triangle was going to come, I think it could be interesting if they chose to just do it and say, oh, this is a movie. We're writing the story. Even if you don't feel like it's that likely, it's a story. You're going to deal with it. I think that there's interesting room to play there. But since the first movie specifically is – Tonally set up to be a little more believable, I think, than this movie. This movie leans a little bit more into like the lighthearted silliness and kind of, like I said, starting the point of where you could see how they get to four. I think because of that, I think some of that probably came from the fact that they didn't have Vin Diesel anyway. So good time to make a tonal shift if you choose to do so. And it won't be that weird to people. But I guess in my mind, I feel like Dom coming back into the center story keeps this, this film a little more serious tone than it really is. And I don't know that the believability of that serious tone would work for me personally if Bilkins was just like, oh, you want us to do Dom and then also forgive all of his crimes? I I don't see it. That's me.
1: But I I don't see it. So I think the thing is I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think it would have been that hard to write a line that just said where Brian's like, I got a guy. You're not going to like it, but this is going to help us solve this case. And then he call, and then you know, you even get it where okay, I think I got a guy. And then you have a scene where Brian goes and finds Dominic, and Dominic punches him in the face. And then he's like, "Listen, I need your help. I'm sorry for what went down." Blah blah blah. They have a bro moment. They fight. You could do the exact same thing where they fight, and, um, and then they eventually get over themselves. And then you have the scene which I can picture because I'm positive it happens in the series over and over again, where. Brian, Brian walks into the frame and he's like, Hey, listen, Bilkins, I got my guy. He's willing to do this. This is our best shot. You're not going to like it. You got You got to take care of him, but he's going to catch us. Our criminal. This guy's worse, blah, 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 blah. And then from behind him out of frame and out of focus, right? Walking up from the dark, you hear like the footsteps and then in coming into frame slowly is Dominic Toretto. And then Bilkins gets pissed off. And he's like, I won't work with this guy. He killed people. And then Brian's has to hold him back. And he's holding on to Bilkins. He's like, Bilkins, stop. And Dominic Toretto is pointing and he's yelling. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong. They killed my family. And then the movie continues on from there. Okay.
0: couple flaws here, though, right? Sure. I agree with you. That's an interesting scene couple things okay when i'm coming from a believability standpoint the first thing that comes to mind is i don't think that dom a man who's on the run and barely got away to begin with would position himself to where he willingly walks into a room i think the reason it works with rome is because rome is already out and it's more about clearing his past record while also getting him off a house arrest but he's already more of a free man than dom
1: yeah but that's 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 step one dom would walk into that building if brian was like they'll clear your charges but that's a big gamble but, but secondarily they're going to space I, I it's not want, that big a gamble for this universe
0: hey i just i just <laughs> <laughs> hey we're still just talking about how this movie follows up fast one
1: sure okay fair
0: so but fair point.
1: <laughs> so the other thing
0: is more just a joke on the, the line from the first movie, because I do think it bears being said. The fact that they consider this movie to be about family and are the series, I should say, to be about family in the long run. I think one of the most funny things here is that you said you they killed my family. So I did what I had to do. Mm. First of all, that's not the majority of the crimes that he's worried about. What they're worried about is all the constant stealing of like multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of product. (laughs) But secondarily, I don't think that he would end up saying anything because at least Dom, as we've seen from the first movie, right? This man lives his life a quarter mile of a time. He doesn't (laughs) care about the crew, the car, none of that bullshit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. As he says. So technically, Dom via first movie – self-admittingly, and of course people can change, so that's why he changes maybe later in the series, but at least from movie one, which he, of course, right in movie one, he denied, He basically defies his own statement like moments later once he's like, oh, I live my life a quarter mile of time when I'm out there on the road that's all that matters. I don't care about any of these other guys and then immediately when one of his people dies, it's like Berserk mode, right? So, to your point. But yeah, I mean... I I think that there's a hugely interesting discussion and maybe even not saying that we would do it, but I would really be interested to see a writer's take on rewriting this movie to include Dom and either leave out Tyrese or introduce Tyrese so that he goes on to have a place in the rest of the series. But he does so in a different manner.
1: I don't know. I think I wrote exactly what the movie would have done. Whether or not it's believable to you or not, I think exactly what I said is what the movie would have done. Oh sure, know?
0: and I'm just saying, like, in that position <clears throat> where someone rewrites it that way, right all the way through, I yeah. want to know how that impacts the uh, the rest of the movie.
1: Because what I would bet is that confrontation ends with Bilkins being like, "If you screw this up, you're both going to jail for life." Just to give the movie that much more stake, like that that's different all weight. Yeah, like I'll I'll work with him, but if you fuck this up, like you're both going to jail, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. Sure,
0: but like in this hypothetical, right? Yeah. That's why I'm curious to see how it affect the rest of the movie. Where it's like, since Dom doesn't have like the same small scale sticky fingers that we see Tyrese have. Like, you know, how does Dom interact with Verone? Which Mm is our big bad guy. How does that change the way Verone feels about things? Uh, It's really interesting, you know, because I feel like a lot of the lightheartedness in this movie actually does come from Tyrese i agree um you know the, roman's hungry. character specifically is kind of just jumpy and crazy and says things like we hungry <laughs> <laughs> and it Tell adds a, a, it, uh... yeah exactly it, it adds the different tone that we didn't have with dom and i think it's because dom's character was written so seriously so if you and, and i think that, that actually still holds pretty true throughout the rest of the series even though we're not quite talking about that yet but That's what I'm saying. Like, does Tyrese still get introduced in this movie to be like comedic relief? There's a lot of interesting ways that you might be able to pull this off, but I would be mainly curious to see how Dom's interactions with Verone and everyone around impact the way that the movie plays out. Because some of it's, so much of it's written around specifically Rome's um, tendencies and Brian's tendencies alongside those, you know, brome's tendency to want to try and get what he can by sticky fingers from yeah. the from the people that he, he's working under he, that he views as like oh these are rich cats who are just constantly constantly eating all they want you know we're just trying to get fed a little bit and then you have paul walker who's just constantly is, is swooning over the fine women that he <laughs> constantly is around and the movie plays so much off of that that even though I don't think Tyrese is comedic relief because he does have a somewhat serious underbelly to him, he clearly double rolls as comedic relief. So when you have Dom back into that, does Tyrese have serious at all, or is he just—is it just him and Ludacris and the Asian guy who outraps Ludacris? You know, it's like—is that the comedic <laughs> relief?
1: Yeah, probably. I don't know. I think because I think it would be funny, and I'm sure we get into this uh, probably fast forward because I don't think. I think the next movie we watch is tokyo drift which is a weird one um but i would imagine in fast four we see more of the dom and roman banter and i think they would i think a lot of the humor seeing them for the first time would come from like dom being like who the fuck is this guy what do you mean we hungry we're about to eat a bullet
0: you know, <laughs> yeah and kind of actually have dom's uh hard-ass side kind of playing into rome's kind of wild card side
1: yeah exactly
0: i actually think that there's a there's a way that that makes this movie a lot better and feel even <coughs> more like a follow-up to one you know what i mean yeah. like i still agree that this movie works as a follow-up to one and i'm really curious to see if my opinion on four changes because like you said our next movie up is tokyo drift and in a lot of ways i feel like tokyo drift feels more in line with one than like four and onward do but that's Mm -hmm. just by nature of it being a more simplistic story and a little bit more about like a one person's conflict with with uh, on a much smaller scale um but again i haven't watched i've only watched tokyo drift once and i've only watched four once so this is going to be a journey for us but moving off of that because i uh, there's probably an endless well of what ifs about if dom found his way back into it but talking about the movie we did get um what kind of what were some of your favorite moments where they actually utilized this new character with tyrese like was it primarily in how they handled it being funny or do you think the movie really worked on being the um in a, in a weird way a buddy cop movie
1: <laughs> i think the I, buddy cop aspect is the best part of it all yeah um you know them just having fun and being like uh you know the brian trying to take things seriously and then tyree stealing silver you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, or silver so yeah that that, uh, that i think is hilarious
0: well and of course right it leads you to great lines that i could have never imagined brian saying in the first <laughs> uh first movie like i said forget about it cuz
1: <laughs> i said forget about it cuz i love it
0: don't even worry <laughs> about it cuz and, you know, one of, the, one of the parts of the last conversation that I really loved um, was kind of how we talked about, and you had mentioned, it, it is on an episode of How I Met Your Mother, but it's something I've, it's a phenomena that I've talked about plenty of times uh, and, and noticed many of times or observed where the part of me that wants to be like, why would Brian say that? Because it sounds so out of place for him. Mm-hmm. But then we keep we keep hearing like he starts saying bro a lot more in this movie and kind of changing his ways. And I feel like the upside of the way that they the writing is handled is it's believable in the sense of like these two people have been apart from each other for a long time. They grew up together and they had a lot of like, you know they, they were very involved in each other's lives. And I feel like I can believe Brian kind of reverting back to the form of himself that he was when him and Rome were hanging in very tight. And that's why now we've seen him do through years and years of being Mm -hmm. a cop and kind of rounding off those edges to be a little more cut. And now you have him, coming back to his old self right because he's hanging out with rome and, and that's how you get i said forget about it <laughs> but i love that because that's true i know in my life i do that i get around the, the right people and i'll start saying things i've not said in years and like mm-hmm. making references i've not made in years or using words it's just it's fun you're like you'll notice you get like a different accent just a hair you be like what why am i talking like this
1: uh yeah no I'm with you on that absolutely I I like the way that he kind of just becomes a different person than he was you know he was a lot more professional in the other in uh the original Fast and the Furious and I like that he kind of opens up a little bit and we see him being Brian I guess sure I mean like uh, I guess uh, not Brian... even worrying about it
0: <laughs> Brian as opposed to Officer O'Connor exactly exactly yeah. Well, and I think to your point there, right, I think one of the cool things about it is that we still see him start this movie as a very serious version. And I think that, like, you know this I said forget about it kind of line comes like halfway through the movie, it feels like.
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: So it, it's like it, you have to twice. see him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have to kind of, it's like the movie shows him breaking down to being less and less serious as he as this kind of friendship with Rome starts to kind of heal, and I think that that part works and it also aids towards that believability. Like and we see him get to this point slowly but surely as he starts to reconnect with his friend in that part of his life. Like, you know, even the, the, the stare and drive moment, which is such a great, funny scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where like I taught
1: him was, that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he did the stare and drive, didn't he? <laughs> and like I said, Rome just works really well as comedic relief that actually gets to have a purpose outside of comedic relief.
1: Right he introduces you to who he is and his, like that kind of stuff. It makes you so, connect with him.
0: You as a writer, as we constantly talk about yeah. on this, um, I don't know how much you get into this, but I, I, I really like it when a movie tries to give you someone's backstory, at least in so far as how it really matters with the story. Cause the reality is they could, any writer can write Rome into this movie. Yeah. But if you don't write him correctly to where you understand how him and Brian and all these things play together and how the themes of what he's done in his past and who he was and who he is now roll into each other. Do you feel like this movie did a good enough job bringing him in as a new character and introducing him?
1: I think it did enough of a job if that makes sense. In a longer or potentially more focused movie, we would have probably gotten a flashback to a time when they were there, you know when oh, they were yeah. there together and doing shit. And I I think the movie's better for not doing that, but I think I think we get like glimpses of how they know each other, but I don't think that's the same thing as backstory, you know. Fair. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it's little lines that I'm even thinking about because I'm I'm not necessarily advocating that they did a good job, but mm-hmm. I think that they at least put effort into it. Well, yeah, they tried to do it. Yeah, they they tr- and i think i agree with you i think one of the things that definitely the time when you think about effects i'm not sure that you could have fooled me believably from the time period in their lives that they're talking about which is right before brian becomes a cop which is clearly means that he'd be old enough to not look drastically different than he currently does now there's maybe ways they could have pulled it off but I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks in things like movies. I think they work really well in books where you can establish through a lot of different things that you're in a different time and kind of pull that off without it feeling jarring. And even then, if it's not written well, that kind of thing can feel jarring. But I do feel like this movie's better for not trying to force flashbacks on us because I exactly. think it ruins the pacing of a movie that at the end of the day is trying to, again, tonally shift and from being a super serious movie that I feel like the first movie really has – to a more fun action romp
1: um uh, yeah i can I can drive with you on that part, uh, you know, I think they they just focused on what they did well, and that was just the driving and the crime, I guess, and then they well, let's break those two things off themselves. then. All right so yeah. if we're
0: going to talk about driving and the focus on driving, yes, clearly, no problem this problems. movie does a good job, and all the movies really do about showing you driving and whatnot <laughs> of um, but uh, so when you mean they focus on what they did well, I mean, do you feel like all the driving parts are short up and there in a good way or they in a way that I guess aids the movie, or do you think that certain parts actually are to the detriment of the film
1: I think they were all completely fine. There was nothing that I saw i mean if you have stuff in, in in your head that you can bring up but there's nothing that i remember where i'm like oh that was really bad you know sure i think the only thing i would say
0: and i don't think it's necessarily like foundationally bad I, i'd argue that it doesn't have to be there uh but i don't yeah. necessarily know that that means foundationally bad so much as foundationally irrelevant um, Sure. but i think that of course in the effort to set this movie up of being a more fun movie than I feel like the first one was you have like that opening race where they up the ante by lifting the bridge. And I feel like the, the thing that at least watching it today impacts this movie is how much worse the CGI looks in this particular film in comparison to one, one was a lot more focused on what they wanted to do. So when they showed these driving parts, they, weren't as about much about having fun as they were a little more integral to the movie. Like, yeah, they were still fun. I'm not going to act like the first movie didn't have any fun parts, but they didn't overdo it in the way where it was like, Oh, we're going to have a bunch of CGI to be able to show cars, whipping corners in strange ways. Um, and I guess that's it for me. I think that if this movie would have chose to do some of its unnecessary parts with a little bit more practical effects, it works better it doesn't disconnect me as so much. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I'm here for you. I'm here. Sorry. I'm here (laughs) with you on that. Um,
0: I think that's, that's my big thing.
1: Like I, I,
0: you know, we talked about it in the last episode. I feel like the effects were so smartly used in the first movie that one of the only moments where I was like, (laughs) okay, this is a little odd was when they kind of hit the NOS in the first movie and did like the lens warp to try and show speed. But it was so (laughs) quick that you're like, and they only do it like once. So you're like, "Ah, okay, it's fine. Um, But in this movie, I felt like there were so many moments where it was like, oh, we're going to have them cutting a corner and then we're going to cut the CGI cars to try and exaggerate this corner before we go back to at least what I can tell looks like normal footage of just filming someone turning a corner. And I guess to me, there's enough – cut. scout the area, get a permit – close off the road, film an actual driver in the car that you have cutting the corner and doing it. There's people that do this for a reason. I don't know the need for fully CG cars. Like, you know, the CG in the first movie that I think works so well, and we even talked about it, like uh, we both enjoyed it from like a stylistic standpoint, is how it would do the inner engine thing where like you'd kind of go through the car's engine and see the piston firing and then like exhausting off and you'd follow the exhaust out and then the camera would suddenly pull back up. I feel like that yeah. worked better than trying to just quickly cut to a fully CG car and then cutting back to a normal car. Just show me the normal car the whole way through. It's way more believable. The other half of that, you <clears throat> said what this movie did well, was yes. racing and crime. Speak to why I, – I mean, so do you think the first one handled crime well?
1: No, I think the first one had crime in it. <laughs> um, I think this one was way more – like they established the villains better. Sure. Because I think in the first one there's a lot of like not really understanding why these these eight this Yakuza group, I guess, is here outside of distracting from the Dominic and his crew. Mm-hmm. Where in this one it was like, okay, this guy's clearly bad and there's a reason that they're going after this guy, you know?
0: Fair. Um kind of in the sense of like going back to your thing about the uh Johnny Trance group in the first movie. Yeah. There is that feeling that outside of them just being another potential group that could have been doing the thieving, in the long run, it feels like the majority of their use, since they're in the movie so much, I feel like the majority of their use is just to be the catalyst for Jesse to die.
1: Right, exactly, to give a tragedy to the movie. Yeah,
0: it's like well we have to have somebody die. Who do we die? who do we have die? Jesse. How do we set that up? And well we've already established that Tran's a bad guy by watching him pump oil in someone's mouth. And then from there we just kind of go on and Tran would be the kind of person to do this. So I I that's a good point. I mean, that's fair. But and and I think I agree with you too that this movie sets up the villain so much better and I think it also shows the underbelly a little bit better. Um like what did you feel about the scene where we see uh, our our villain v- Verone come to the detective, and I can't remember his name. Um, what was it, detective? I can't remember the detective. He he kind of eyeballed and said, you know, women have a ton of power, you know, and then we kind of see that slowly come to fruition. I'm like, oh, it was him getting this. You know what we assume is one of his paid people to bring this detective who's also on his payroll back to the back like,
1: what do you feel about that? I thought that scene was done really well I think you're talking about the scene with the rat correct yes <laughs> yeah I really liked that scene that was one of those like oh that's fucked up I like it do more of this you know that's the kind of stuff I really like where
0: well and I felt like it it kind of threw everything together to a degree right we're getting to see and establish that Verona is just a cutthroat dude right in a very different way and I think it brings the crime element back together too because it kind of sets the events in motion where he's actually going against Verone's wishes Mm -hmm. at least and I guess that's what I should say the way that you watch the movie do you not feel like the detective who was supposed to create a 15-minute window specifically defied that request and was like nervous about it
1: yeah it seems like he was kind of playing the 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 hot hand in a way. He was like, sure. "Oh, we're we're going to catch him." So I might as well say fuck it and help my team out, you know. Yeah, like
0: well, you know, he can threaten me, but if we catch him, that threat's hollow.
1: Exactly, cuz that's that's one of those guys where you're either getting him on a life charge or he's going to jail for tax evasion like Al Capone and you got <laughs> you got 5 to 10 years to get away and hide. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which of course sets in motion probably the – I don't want to say the bulk of the movie because, I mean, there is a lot of the movie that's about earning the trust of Verone and all this back and forth. But I feel like the um, – the this movie's way of handling action or I shouldn't say that. This way of getting high impulse – not impulse uh, – Uh, What would you even say? Like high testosterone moments where it's like it's all just about being on the edge of your seat? High
1: octane. Octane. There we
0: go. High octane moments. Pun intended, right, Chris?
1: Yes, exactly, (laughs) actually.
0: Um, The way this movie handles getting to high octane moments is really interesting because you have some before Verone really starts being the surefire cause of them. Like you have of the first one, which I guess is technically Verone. Well, I guess not really. The first one in the movie is that opening race, correct?
1: Yeah, where uh, Paul Walker, not in his PJs, goes racing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you said that last time. So you would have preferred for Paul Walker just to show up in his PJs? So Absolutely. That, that four-minute mark makes more sense?
1: That scene would have been a hundred times funnier if Paul Walker showed up in his bare feet um, his fucking pajama pants and a and a wife beater or whatever he was wearing, and just smoked these guys in his PJs, and then went back home. That would have <laughs> been the funniest scene of the movie, and maybe the franchise. <laughs> you know, it would have been kind of cool.
0: Mm. I know it really wouldn't have been much like um like Brian, but it would have been kind of cool to use that as like a Brian in his life post cop has taken. Like and learn some lessons from Dom. It'd have been really funny if after he pounded all of them down, like he just gets out of his car and they start being like, Man, that was close and I almost had you and all that and they kind of do like a little homage moment to his I almost had you dude. Yeah. That that would have been nice if they had that and then they kind of just had Paul um Paul Brian do his he own version had of it. Me?
1: You never had your car
0: but you know not it's weird like where it's like clearly an homage to that but it's a little more brian's personality but it's showing that he's opened up and kind of softened up from this hard cop or at least i guess you know one of the things the first movie and this movie does is goes to show you that there is a non-serious version of him that's more fun and you could to me that scene would show at the beginning of the movie it would set up that his experience With Dom's gang and Dom and everything, and leaving the force has taught him that there's more important things than just being, you know, cold calculated and and like a cop who looks at things in um, binary, right? Good or bad, one zero. I think it it would show that he's learned that people are a little more layered than that. Right.
1: He can be a funny gabagool and (laughs) still be.
0: But it would have also been a cool throwback to the first movie, right? Exactly. Um, which is, we talked about it. This movie does a good job of ex- at least saying that Dom exists. Thankfully, they right. didn't just try and be like, Vin Diesel doesn't want to come back. Dom never existed.
1: <laughs> no, they do that to Ja Rule, though. So.
0: They do do that to Ja Rule. But to be fair, yeah. Ja Rule said that he was bigger than this role.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ja Rule was too big for it. And now he served cheese sandwiches at the Fire Festival. It's murder! <laughs> <laughs> talk about it's murdering your career
0: Uh, yeah i think he uh i think he might have murdered his career i don't know that this movie did that you know (laughs) but i mean he might have been a staple of the fast series had he not chosen to do that
1: (laughs) could you imagine if this cast was fucking ja rule Ludacris, and tyrese with paul walker and vin diesel that would have been i'd watch it that would have felt like a
0: at the time that would have felt like a marvel level like (laughs) 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 you know what i mean (laughs) Like Can what? You? This is the crossover event of the century. All you need is Little John and Sylvester Stallone, and we got it.
1: It would have made for a really good thing where they could have done kind of like a real world scenario-ish with it, and like in Fast Ten, the villain is Fifty Cent, <laughs> and he comes in. He's like, "I'm coming for you, Ru I mean Eddie. I took nine shots." Now I'm going to take nine of your cars off the road. That would have been funny
0: if they actually did, which of course it wouldn't have worked that way. Like I'm pretty sure Ja Rule would be like, I'm not doing
1: a movie with 50. No, <laughs> but you know, to be fair at this point, in ja Rule's, <laughs> at this point in Ja Rule's career, they could probably be like, listen, man, we'll pay your rent for like three months. You got to do the movie. <laughs> we'll pay you rent for three months on top of your salary. <laughs> right no not even but listen, oh, man. You, oh poor jaw rule man he's just job you know. rule made a, made a commercial where he was an uber driver and it wouldn't surprise me at all if job rule was was really actually an uber, an uber driver. driver no offense to uber drivers but <laughs> w- when you're a platinum selling artist and then you make very bad mistakes in your career
0: investments one of the most petty things in the world is fifty buying out all of the tickets to his show and then being the only one to show up.
1: No, the the pettier part was like he was like it only cost me like fifteen hundred bucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know, what's funny is I just imagine right now from what you're saying, like Ja Rule being an Uber driver, but trying to kind of do that thing where you know when like somebody wants to be a celebrity and like they're not quite there yet and they kind of keep putting themselves out there and be like someone's gonna notice that i'm it so he just lives every day under like the hope that someone gets in the car and they're like oh shit it's ja rule
1: (laughs) and he's like yeah you know it's me (laughs) he only drives uber now to maintain his five-star rating
0: and even then he goes out of his way to try and relive the fast days so he's like his uber car is a, a Carbon copy of his car from Fast One.
1: Yeah, he's got the bandana on and everything. <laughs> he's like laying back in the seats like ah! Just just hoping someone notices him. Monica <laughs> You didn't <laughs> win,
0: damn. Where are you going, movie, baby? <laughs> oh boy. Poor Ja rule. Even in the Poor movie Zarul. he gets he, he gets shamed. He ja Rule, I'm going to tell you right now, if you listen to this podcast, which will never happen, but Ja Rule, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you're doing well, man.
1: I'm going to tweet at Ja Rule. How you doing, Ja Rule? <laughs>
0: ja, tell me how you doing, bro. Is that if fast line hurt?
1: <laughs> if you want to come on the podcast and talk about your seminal role in Fast and the Furious as, I, I don't remember your character's name. I, re- I don't remember his name. You're, <laughs> you're free to come on. We'd love to talk to you for like five minutes and then you could leave
0: now I gotta go find out what his name actually was I think I feel like it was Eddie I don't know but we're gonna find out okay let's see we're gonna Google Fast and Furious 1 which also while I can talk about this you know how hard it is to Google about the Fast and Furious because of how terrible its naming scheme is dude just put Fast 1 I mean but why is it this complicated to where even i've done that and it still showed me fast and furious yeah i don't know it's like they the view that its real. own version all right let's get jaw rules name in here real quick eddie <laughs> you want to put some money on it
1: yeah it's eddie did you
0: look it up no okay <laughs> i can't was, was like, be cheating now edwin you're very close oh, oh that's worse <laughs> even worse he's sitting in his uber and someone gets in they're like oh shit edwin
1: yeah. <laughs> they don't even recognize him as ja rule they're like yo yeah. bro you're the guy that played edwin <laughs> like i'm sorry man i can't remember your real name but i'm happy that you're here edwin i know you're from that fast and the furious thing
0: look at this picture of ja rule right now he looks like he's trying to like live life to be like the next Ice tea but like less cool
1: Dude, he lives life in the fast lane, going a quarter mile <laughs> at a time.
0: Yeah, I think his quarter mile's come and gone, but I guess we could stop hating on Jaw Rule
1: and move on with the rest of the I actually really like Ja Rule. I think he, I like his music, but he hasn't put any out in a while.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know, is what it is. Uh, one of the things we didn't talk about, <laughs> which yeah. I just want to bring up, because every time i don't know why every time i think of this movie i think of this scene because it just seems like it's that gratuitous like we got to find a way to show tyrese's incredible abs in this movie so it's like we got to create a scenario where he needs to do something where he'd need to take his shirt off yeah
1: the ferrari scene (laughs) (laughs) i had that exact thought where i was like why are you doing this And He does it in that way of like, oh, I'm so hot, where he takes it from the back, he lifts it over his head, his muscles are rippling, like, okay, pal. My wife
0: was sitting there for a few seconds like, okay, why did he take his shirt off? And I was like, give it a couple seconds.
1: He's going to do something real cool, like punch a car.
0: Like, don't get me wrong, I get it, but also, that's just funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I really like what f-
0: would have made it more funny, like in a good comedic relief way, would be like if they kind of make Paul uh or Brian in this case, uh it's so hard not to want to call him Paul Walker, but uh if they would have made Brian like the straight man to this where like he punches the window out, but then Brian like lifts the handle and the car was unlocked the whole time.
1: That's exactly what happened.
0: No, he uh Brian lifts no. in from the inside and pulls the handle.
1: I don't think that's true. Now I gotta I know. Positive. He punches it and the door was just unlocked. I'm gonna look it up. You we go on a spiel. Now. It's important. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure I'm right. Cause he, he does that and then Paul looks at him and is like, What the fuck are you doing? and then just opens the door. <laughs> that
0: is exactly it. No, okay. Look, I'm dumb. Apparently my brain was just like, haha, you watch this, now it's your great idea. <laughs> <laughs> That is exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he just opens the door. <laughs> I must have been talking to my
0: wife and not paying enough attention. I respect it. That's funny. That's that's yeah. good. That's even better, right? That that reaffirms the, the give and take of the straight man. It, it reaffirms it, the buddy cop thing, right? I mean, you're right. It would
1: have been funny because it was very funny in the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my point stands.
1: <laughs> I laughed. Um, Uh, one thing we haven't talked about yet which I want to talk about because this is the one scene I found absolutely ridiculous the race between the guys in the Mustangs and Brian and and, uh, Roman
0: yeah that was one of the scenes where I was talking about like it doesn't have really anything to do with Verone but it's meant to be kind of like a high octane scene
1: yeah I think that scene was more part of the we're gonna steal a bunch of money from the cops part Than Verone, you know?
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Because those were the unmarked cars.
0: That is true. That was their way to get away, yeah.
1: Yeah, I found just that race ridiculous. Because Brian and Roman were so far behind. Because Roman can't drive, apparently. And... (laughs) Well, all of a sudden, Paul, it's just like, or Brian's just like, I'm going to run this man off the road, runs him off the road and then wins the race having to go all the way up to the end and come around. I was like, I don't know. This is a little convenient. <laughs> so there's a couple of things about that that make that both believable and unbelievable all at the
0: same time. First things first, uh, Brian, I appreciate that they give Brian this line of like, listen, that's pure American muscle against these cars. There's no way we can beat them pure you know, one-on-one. So it's right. like we gotta be smart with our NOS usage, when we do what, when we punch what. Um, and then of course, one of the things you'll notice, and I appreciated it to a degree, is uh, a rear-wheel drive goes around a corner, a corner really different than a car that's front-wheel drive because of the way that they handle traction. So you do kind of go around the corner a little bit quicker in mm-hmm. that kind of car. And if I'm wrong, someone please tell me. <laughs> uh, but from all my years of Gran Turismo and somewhat real driving, um, <laughs> it feels th- th- it's like it feels like they tried to give reasons. But you know, it was an interesting move to be like, "Hey, we're just going to play chicken real quick," and then this guy's going to get run off the road. I <laughs> also, like the scene. If you've ever played Gran Gran Turismo, if you go off in the dirt, you slowing down a lot, homie.
1: Yeah. So, that's I mean not it's, it's a little believable I don't know if I agree that it's believable but it's Literally. just because they come from they come from so far behind they do where he runs them off the road and still has to go straight and turn true but it's also like just,
0: do you like how they tried making it where like you you don't care about the way that was done because it's like they cheated first
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair I,
0: also, if I can be honest for a second, I would absolutely love the idea of this entire series just becoming wacky races in live action.
1: Yeah, I would be there for that. Like, like a Hot Wheels movie. Why haven't they made a live action Hot Wheels movie that is just like ridiculous races? I
0: feel like it would end up being really close to the Speed Racer movie.
1: Fair. I I like mean, that I'm not movie,
0: saying yeah. that's a bad thing.
1: I was going to say, that movie is not bad.
0: Also, though, at this point, I'm a little surprised that they haven't tried making a Wacky Races live-action movie. Wait, have they?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I well, haven't seen it.
0: My, I, the reason I even kind of bring that up, right, is that the first guy that's going as Rome kind of reminds me of, like, Mutley, where it's like he he looks and he kind of sees that he might be getting overtaken for a second and so he like kind of like laughs to himself and then like runs him <laughs> off the road. <laughs> so that's what it feels like and then the other guy just is of course by default ends up being dick dastardly.
1: Dick dastardly.
0: Oh, have you never watched wacky
1: races? I've never watched that show, no.
0: Oh my god, dude. Watch watch it. It's it's old. It's a uh Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It's so yeah. good
1: okay i
0: mean i mean it's it's fun it's 11 different racers or i think it's 11 and the way that they go off is like it's just a bunch of crazy crap where it's wacky races because everybody's racing and they're already goofy like characters with cars that are specific to them but then there's dick dastardly and Muttley, which are like the cheaters who are always doing what they can to cheat but they still never win well i like that it's fantastic
1: they kind of have that in all the Fast and the Furious movies when like a little bit looks, looks like our team might lose
0: <laughs> yeah but you know I I just think it would be funny at that point and I feel like that's just kind of what it made me think of also because in my opinion those dudes were like such tools and they kind of looked goofy to me and they were kind of pulling off yeah technically they had faster cars but they were oh. just doing their thing like oh yeah you know we're to do my pure American muscle go to beat you <laughs> <laughs> So what we've not gotten into in this movie yet is... <laughs> I, I want to go ahead and talk about it because yeah. we kind of mentioned it. There's two things here. Brian's propensity to go towards women. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hispanic women. Attractive like women.
0: With Yes, with a, with at least as far as the movie tells you, Hispanic backgrounds. And secondarily, and I thought this is one of the funniest things, is... <laughs> The way that they try and incorporate "we hungry" and like give it like a serious backing to where it's like a real character moment for—I for <laughs> know that's so goofy to me, but because it's in my—it's—it's it's existed in my head for so long as this just goofy thing, and I still think it's goofy the way that they say it in the movie and lean into it so hard. But they try and make it like a character arc for him. And I just think that that was trying too hard to make something that he could have said a million times, no problem. It's just like his thing. But now you're trying to be like, you know, we come up from nothing and we need this and we got to make our way too. I mean, and then at the end of it all, he even gives back some of the money, but then doesn't give it all back. Like I don't know. It's just to me, I felt like they tried way too hard on that. (laughs) You're Uh, right but brian's thing with girls i kind of like that they gave like this new character coming in and being like oh you're doing this again so it's like he's always been this way so we know that mia wasn't like the start of it and like it's not like he's he's viewing monica in this movie as like a a, as a replacement for mia who he's missing it's like no this is just brian's mo
1: (laughs) yeah right they're just always hungry (laughs) brian doesn't want you to worry about it cuh entire and roman is hungry
0: yeah
1: roman's hungry um all right so
0: end of the movie which is i feel like the majority of it right i feel like we have that fun part where we kind of have the uh i don't know if what i guess you'd call it i mean it's that cop movie moment right where the the guy's like where you know i only talked about the landing strip to one person (laughs) yeah right and that reveal and then everything that comes after it like the ejecto seat uh and of course the eventual moving on towards oh we're gonna take our car and we're gonna ram it off of a huge ramp into a boat also how convenient was it that that ramp was right there
1: of course I was like where are you going to jump off are you expecting the fence to like push you up like a freaking bounce pad in a video game or something (laughs)
0: like it's this suddenly becomes a cart racer
1: yeah (laughs) he throws a green shell at the ship and it just ends
0: the the ship spins around gives him a second to get back onto it that would actually see again we're just talking about wacky races now (laughs) Which yeah, I mean, arguably listen. all cart racer games are just wacky races.
1: The Fast and the Furious series has a serious problem with rubber banding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the 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 car is just rubber banded right up to that boat. I tell you, <laughs> it did lead to I one mean, of the craziest scenes, though. I mean, I want to ask you about the end as a whole, oh but while we're talking about something in specific, him just like blasting that dude, like really, I should say. Varone coming up with a shotgun and trying to blast them before he just gets blasted. I I don't know. To me, it was like one of those, oh God, this just took a way different turn. I don't know why. (laughs) I feel like the rest of this movie, because it's like they didn't want to kill anybody. Instead, they wanted to go arguably way darker. Like, I want this rat to eat out this guy's stomach.
1: Yeah. You know, and
0: I guess there was like the implication that the guys were going to kill Brian and Rome. But uh-huh. I guess that was like the first moment where the movie was like, nah, we're just shooting guns right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Directly we did our people. cars. We did our jumps. Now we're going to shoot some guns. It's all we need left in our movie. So guns. across the whole
0: end, how did you feel about the movie kind of bringing itself to a wrap?
1: I thought it was fine for what it was. I think it was a lo- very convenient Um. The jump doesn't make any sense, but it was really cool. So it's kind of the, my, the thing I've been saying about all of them. It, it doesn't really make much sense, but for me, it doesn't have to make sense. It just worked.
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and say, even though I love this movie, I, I, I say that. I think I, I'd argue I, I love this movie. It was good. I won't say love. Really liked. I really
1: liked this movie. I love the first one. You're not willing to commit to loving it.
0: Not not willing to commit to loving it. I mean, love carries a lot of weight. <laughs> it does. But, you know the happy days, jump the shark thing that people talk about, like, oh, this TV show, yeah. this movie, jump the shark. You could argue, I think, fairly well that the start of that boat scene and everything they're trying to do with it is just kind of like that, oh, this is them jumping the shark. Now, again, I think someone could argue that. I don't necessarily know that I'm saying that because I – I think you could talk about like the ending of the first movie where they both barely dodge the the train even though i liked it immediately after they dodged the train he hit something else yeah <laughs> um, so it's like the first movie tried handling it in a different way this movie was just like okay random ramp car goes exactly as far as it needs to does everything it needs to very convenient bam but Yeah, it is one of those moments where it felt like the end just did it to do it. It So it was like, oh, that was cool. And look at what we've done. And I feel like that was the catalyst for the rest of the series to kind of just be like, now we're going to race through tunnels in the desert and all this crazy crap. I can't even remember all of four. (laughs) (laughs) One of the only things I remember from four is – Vin Diesel like turning his NOS nozzle on and disconnecting it so that the car would fill up with gas and then he pushes the lighter into the car so that it'll pop out whenever it's hot enough, but they're out of the car talking to someone and the cars blow up. That's like the one thing that and racing in the desert and Brian getting back with Mia and having hook up Nookie. <laughs> like that that's okay. what four is in my mind. I'm sure it's yeah. more than that. <laughs>
1: I would imagine there's more to it than just that.
0: (laughs) Like, that's the whole movie. The movie starts and Vin Diesel's just like, I'm back. Nos, blow up. Here's my sister. Give her a (laughs) run and tug real quick. (laughs) 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 All right, now, before we end, let's race in the desert. Um, But yeah, I mean, across the board, I do feel like this movie wraps up in a way that, a lot like the first movie, it doesn't necessarily set up for anything. No. Like, but it uh, leaves it open. Technically, it does, but it's open. Like you right. know, I, I do feel like I need, of course, I need to rewatch four. I'm not exactly sure how you go from this to four when it's like, oh, we're gonna
1: open a garage. <laughs> well, the garage just becomes a hub, man. But in terms of how this movie ends, I think, and we've brought it up a couple times in the show, is how The Last of Us original ends, where you could see there's potential for more like Ellie and Joel are going to go off and do something. But if it had just ended here, you would be fine with it. And it's kind of that same thing with this movie. Like there's clearly a setup for something else if they want to do it. But if this had been the end of the duo of movies, I wouldn't have cried over not knowing what went on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's really, I feel like the first movie nails that a little bit better where it's kind of like that it's that in between of where like you want to know, but you also don't like, sure. there's, I, I kind of liked thinking of the end of the first movie and be like, uh, so is Brian, like, how does this work out? Does Brian no longer become a cop? Do they realize that he gave the car away to the mark? How does this go off? Does Dom get away? Does he still end up getting caught? Do Dom and Brian come back together? It's like, there's, you get flooded with all these questions, but there's also that kind of cool part of like, I'll never know. And then you come here and now, you know, <laughs> so like, it, it, and arguably you could say the same thing kind of happens to the last of us one. It's like, now there's an answer to these millions of questions. And in a weird way, the millions of questions were a little more fun than what you actually ended up getting. Even if you enjoyed what you got, at least for me, like, you know, I love the last of us too, but I would argue that. All the feelings and emotions and questions I had at the end of The Last of Us One were honestly a little more fun to have than The Last of Us Two. Answering them, and I feel like that's similar here. Like, is this a good movie, and do I really enjoy it? Yeah, I kind of like the version in my head that just that that I'm unsure of. It's like it's um, I'm trying to think of what you'd call it. It's like it's like Schrodinger's Fast and Furious. In my head, there's all these different versions that both exist and don't exist at the same time.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think in terms of the quality of the movie, it really goes back to what I've said and maintained throughout this entire show. I don't think this movie is good, but I think it's entertaining. And take it for what you will. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Well, as much as I agree with that, I think that that moves us on to prepare to watch Tokyo Drift, which I think many consider like the bastard stepchild or like stepchild, the bastard child of the, of the franchise. Um, I mean, it's got
1: bow in it, so it can't be great.
0: It does. Ha- it's like, to me, it feels like they tried to make like a a different version of fast one, but without like the necessarily the same crime element to it. And they were just like, yeah, you know, get a dude. Give him a car. He's kind of in the early days of learning how to be an actually great driver. Put a rapper in there who's famous. You know, all those all the core elements of a fast movie. But it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the
1: fast series realistically. Yeah. Until they uh, decided that it should. <laughs>
0: but we'll we'll see how much of that actually is true to my memory versus you know what's actually out there <laughs> so we'll see that next week uh but i guess that wraps up this one unless there's anything else you wanted to add chris
1: no i'm pretty satisfied i think we had a good talk
0: yeah uh i'm no longer hungry what about you uh I'm a, i i could eat yeah okay yeah so don't you, even yeah. worry about it cuh. <laughs> don't even worry about it cuh. um all right man first of all thanks for joining me uh at the end of every episode of this moving forward we're going to have remarks from our listeners uh about the movies each it can be questions that are aimed at us so if you want to uh come and be part of that head over to the discord which is in the description below uh add in or join in and you can find the podcast open discussion where we post these things and we had reached out and said hey we're recording for Fast and Furious. Any questions or, con- or comments on the next movie? And Blake, as you may know, as uh, the dead ghost of this, who has went on in his afterlife to, in one week, watch all of the MCU. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, being a ghost must be fucking awesome. You get so much more time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs>
0: Blake we love you buddy Uh, he says the scramble scene in Too Fast 2 Furious is the best scene in the whole franchise which we didn't actually talk about interestingly we didn't talk about and here's the thing I've clearly not watched the the entire franchise so I don't know this to be true
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think there's a better scene in Fast 5 I think it is
0: you have told me that you, you think one of the movies has got the best scene that you've ever, that you've potentially ever
1: seen? I, yeah, sure. I don't <laughs> know how, there's, I definitely wouldn't say that, but I think it's the most hilariously stupid that they pull off scene, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Like, it, by no means do you expect it to work, but it does exactly yeah we'll have to see and i'm excited to see what that is and compare it but blake i know you're a huge fan of that we've actually talked about that and you've mentioned it a number of times it is a fun scene i'm not going to sit here and act like it's not it's fun i don't know if i can call it the best for me but that's also because i have a whole franchise to watch that (laughs) will have to come in so i will get back to you with that uh, on that blake um Rude Days 93 one of our patrons, he says, If I still got time, what would you like a direct sequel? And this is actually a really fun question. What would you like a direct sequel to this movie to look like? Assuming they didn't go Tokyo Drift or Vin Diesel didn't return yet, would the supporting cast come back or the supporting characters come back and the antagonist be the drug boss again or just continue following Brian on another new case? Chris, I think that's a really fun one for you. I'll still answer it, of course. But I'm, uh, you know, that kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of. How do you rewrite this movie? This is kind of the similar vein of how do you, what would you do for a follow up movie to this?
1: I think no matter what I did, I would have, I would try and bring back Vin Diesel. But I think a fun sequel to this would have been the way and in introducing Vin Diesel back into the franchise as having the next movie of Roman and Brian working more closely with the police. And then they have to go after this other thing, which they think is Dominic. And then it turns out that, I don't know, some big evil guy played by like Mads Mikkelsen (laughs) is, is using Dom's old MO to rob the trucks. So Brian and Roman are going after Dominic. They have this confrontation. And then halfway through the movie, they're like, it's not us. Like, we can prove it's not us. So then they join forces and they go after it. And then it ends with a mid-credit sequence of Nick Fury coming in and saying, I'm starting an initiative of superpowered people and I'd like your help.
0: <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> 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 uh, you will not let this go. And I love it. No, More so, I love movies. it because of that stupid meme you created <laughs> 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 that it plays so well into. Um, I, I'm going to say. Uh, on that rude days, um, I in my head I'm a lot like Chris in this regard, where I feel like the most prudent thing is to bring Dom back in. But I actually want to do that to shift the series tone back a little more serious, but keep Rome since you've decided to introduce him. Keep him there as the person who can kind of play that dual role of someone who has the ability to aid the film in more than just pure comedy. But he could still be comedic relief. I think that that would be important. And I think arguably the first movie still has it. But I don't think it's necessarily a singular person. Um, And not that it has to be. But I think that Rome's obviously been set up for that. He's written well for it. Continue on. Bring back Dom. I don't exactly know how I'd go about doing it. Though I like Chris's idea of kind of pulling it back towards this idea of like um, crime being i i should say more normal crime because i feel like crime is still in the movies as they move forward but it starts to get ridiculous if by the ninth movie you're chasing some person doing crime to space
1: see i think it makes perfect sense (laughs) But, because. I mean, it
0: may make perfect sense by the time I get there. Of course, well, Chris is seen a about, little bit more than me. But to, to your point, real quick, Chris, to your thing, yeah, no, no. I kind of like it because it makes me think of what I always thought was a fun way to handle the Saul movies continuing where it's like, it's questionable. Like, is this the same guy or is this just a copycat killer? Or even like mm. thinking about Dexter where it's like, oh, is this just somebody who's copycat killing someone else? It's I like that idea of bringing copycat uh, into an MO for robbing so that you can essentially in a weird way frame someone else. Cause you're in your mind. You think Dom gets away. He's living life quarter mile at a time and he's realizing like, Hey, you know what? I'm free out here. I got a second lease on life. Let me be smart with it. Do what I can. And for someone to come in and use his MO knowing that it would frame him mm-hmm. would be a cool way to do that and kind of bring him back in the series. And maybe even you do it with enough time passing to where you have a more believable version of the cops willing to work with him once they realize it's not him.
1: Okay. I have a pitch for the <clears throat> movie. Okay? Go for it. This, this is how the movie starts. We focus in on a basement room, and we only see the legs, right? You see a guy tied to a chair. He's bloody. We don't know why, and we only see the legs of someone standing in front of him, and then we see a gigantic wrench come down, and it's the, <laughs> the frame focuses on the wrench, and the wrench is dripping with blood, and you hear a voice, but, or you don't even hear a voice, right? You just see the wrench leave frame, and then it hits the guy over the head, and the guy's head explodes or whatever. And then it leads you to believe that it's Dom, right? So then the next scene is Bilkins. We bring Bilkins back for a nice little cameo role. And he's investigating the crime. And he turns towards another cop and he goes, I've seen this before. I never thought this would happen. And then you see a scene of Brian sleeping. We keep the, we keep the driving scene, right? The race at the beginning. Because you okay. have to introduce all those characters. And so Brian comes down And he joins in, and he's like, yeah, I'm a great racer. And then Bilkins and his team stop the race because they've been tracking Brian, right? They know his movements because if they need him, they want him, but they don't want him to know. So they come, they break up the race, and they pull all the racers and Ludacris, and then they bring in Roman because they're like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I can't remember his name, Tej. (laughs) Because <laughs> they they bring him in, and they're like, "We're setting up a team of very special drivers." They're called the Avengers Initiative. So then they I hate you all so start planning on how they're going to take down Dom. They're like, "This is the bad guy," and they put his picture up on the wall. It's got one of those like Charlie Day, like the strings are everywhere, and they're going crazy trying to figure <laughs> out all the things. And then it cuts to a scene of Dominic Toretto and he's just sitting, he's got a kid now. This is important. He's got a kid with Letty, and they're going and they're having this conversation over Grace, right? They're t- they're doing grace. He's thinking, he's like, I have to Thank you, thank God for my family. Thank God for Officer Brian O'Connor for letting me go and starting a new leaf. And then as he says that, there's a knock on the door and he opens it up and it's brian and he goes buddy we got to talk and then it cuts to black and then we get another scene of another guy being murdered by a wrench and we start to see more and we're like oh i'm pretty sure those are dominic's pants and we go back to the conversation and dominic's like no man i've changed my life i've turned it around i'm a i'm a regular everyday joe i can't be out here doing any more of the superhero stuff and brian doesn't like that but he leaves Once the next crime is called in, they arrest Dom. Brian finds out that Dominic hasn't been doing it, but the cops don't believe him. So, Brian and his team covertly break Dominic and his crew out of prison. They join forces. Brian's crew, the Avengers, and Dominic's crew, the ex-con men. God. (laughs) I couldn't even keep it going Did so you build this whole thing
0: X- just to do X-Men <laughs> versus <laughs> Yes uh, We're going to stop while so your did... head Because I actually think there's a really Interesting thing that you could do here As much as you keep trying to lean into this superhero Thing you actually did stumble on something That could be a cool idea in, in this Idea of a sequel yeah, well, I, it, I actually, it can't I, be funny thing, If it's not a good idea <laughs> That's true <laughs> here's the thing i really like what you have so far if you just strip away how much you're clearly trying to paint this towards superheroes <laughs> i like this idea of starting the movie with us kind of following dom uh, or what we think to be dom and i even like the idea of hearing a voice but it's like you're hearing the voices as if you're the person that got hit so you get hit and then you hear the voice like hey, and you can't like really understand it it's muffled and kind of like has that you know when you get hit and you have like that ringing like you can yeah. have it kind of muffled through all that. So you don't know who it is, but you're still thinking it's Dom because of you, under- you know what he's done in the past. And I get this idea of like, uh, you ever watched Death Note?
1: I've heard of it. I haven't watched it.
0: Okay, there's a really cool scene in Death Note where the guy who's doing it is trying to be like, oh, I'm not the one doing it and because they start to kind of be suspicious he's like I'm not the one doing it and so he finds a way to get someone else to continue doing it who he's manipulated into it while he's locked away so of course he's locked away and it happens again and they're like oh shit we must have the wrong guy and I love that idea of like you being like oh well they, they lock up Dom they think it's Dom all this is going on and then in the middle of Dom being locked up and clearly being looked at and guarded overnight another exact murder happens the same way yep that would be really kind of cool to lean on, and I think it would be an interesting way. I think the, the real thing, the real challenge of this story would be trying to write why someone is uh, close enough with Dom to understand his M.O. and what he did and why he would be doing it. Is Or is it just some random guy who was watching and was like, I could do that, and they'd think it was his guy? Or do you want to do the movie thing that they would obviously try and do and have it be someone that Dom has a past with?
1: It's Vince. Bro. That was his name, right?
0: Yeah, it was Vince.
1: Very aggro, Brian hater. It's Vince, and he's turned against Dominic because of his relationship with Paul, with Brian. Even though he knows that Brian is a cop, he still harbors. He still likes him, and that makes Vince feel bad because, you know. Vince always
0: wanted that kind of attention. Yeah, Vince was always Dom. there.
1: Vince was always loyal. But Dom never showed him any love, you know? So here's here's something I'm gonna throw by you and then we can kinda get off of this and,
0: and wrap up yeah. the episode. Though this is fun. Do you think that there's a way where we can tie back into where Vince is somehow worked in with uh Verona from two? And this ends up, like, this movie culminates in this thing of where Verona is trying to use Vince to exact his revenge against uh, Rome and Brian. And because of Vince's own anger and and upset towards everything, Dom is kind of wrapped in all this.
1: Yes. So here's what happens. Okay? Vince is being coerced by Verona. Uh, You said his name was? I'm sorry. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Verona okay so Vince is being coerced by Verona because Verona is the son of the man that Dominic killed
0: oh god <laughs> Verone by the way not Verona but Verone. yeah,
1: Verone. so that's, that's the reason that Vince has betrayed him and Verona is going after Dominic and using his M.O. to frame him and now this is a Dominic Marvel movie without having father.
0: to be a Marvel movie
1: You made it just as circular as a Marvel movie. You've come back to exactly what I've been saying this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But then again, that's not what actually happens.
0: So I'm going to have to see if your uh, if your theory holds true as we continue to watch the movies, uh, which I'm excited for. I don't think that we have anything else besides a very inside joke that no one else would understand. Uh, so uh, we also put this out pretty late, and people thought we were recording that day. We're going to do a better job of getting that out. So yeah. thank you to everyone uh, that, that <laughs> did uh, reach out and ask questions. We'll get the next one out a little earlier than day of recording. And yeah, we good. look forward to having you guys join us for the next one. I think this is a fun episode um, at the expense of Jaw Rule. <laughs> but that's where we are. Uh So the last thing we actually have to do is rate the movie itself. And then I think we said we were going to try and keep an active midweek matinee ranking of where the movie sit. Correct?
1: Yes, we did. Okay. So it...
0: Actual rating for the movie individual, as we've always done throughout all of our episodes. How many stars do you give this out of five? I would give
1: it three and a half stars. I'm
0: going to agree with you on that. I If you said four, because of just the fact that it does have that fun factor going for it, I wouldn't have been like upset. I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. I think that's fair. Okay. Um, all right. So clearly, we only have two movies in. I would imagine yes. that we're both probably pretty equal in the fact that the first movie is better than this. No. Interesting.
1: I would put... Because you would, gave the first movie a higher score. I did. So I think the first movie is better, but I would rather watch this one. So I would put it too fast, too furious, the fast and the furious.
0: I, I mean, I, I get your point. So I, I think it's fair. And I think what's really interesting is that as the series starts to take on an identity that's so far removed from one, I could actually see one being way later down a lot of people's list just by nature of being so very different than the rest of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm really that. curious to see how this continues to evolve. But here's the reality. Do we do we want to have each of our own personal rankings or do we want to push together and, and basically agree at some point of our ranking? All right. Well, mine's going to be sequential one and two, and we will see what happens from there. Now the question is, does three... Dethrone two and become in my second nah, place yeah. spot? Does it dethrone two and become your first, or does it dethrone one and become your second? <gasps> Find out on the next episode of Fast and Furious Saga of my midweek matinee. Coming soon to, to our a podcast <laughs> service near you. Um. yeah this has been fun man appreciate you joining me and uh, yeah, brother. you will be hosting the next one with your sultry tones so looking forward to it thank everyone who joined us tonight and are uh, today I guess it's tonight for us because we're recording at night uh, but listened and we're going to wrap up here by closing out the show as we always do it if you want to go yell at Chris for his opinions that you do or don't agree with because you know sometimes you want to yell about things you do agree with head over to his yeah. Twitter at Chris, or sorry, at Figs F. I G Z 2 1 K. You can find me on the podcast uh, Twitter for Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Type that in. You can come yell at me too. I just end up using that as basically my personal Twitter. Uh, if you want to yell at the actual Twitter for Midweek Matinee and see a bunch of funny memes in relation to the show, long running jokes for people who've been listening to the show a long time, as well as great Fast and the Furious memes throughout these weeks where we're covering the saga, head over to at matinee underscore midweek. Is that correct, Chris? That is correct, mundo. All right, guys. Go follow us on there so you can keep up with these episodes when they come out. Lastly, if you'd like to support the show with more than just your time, which we are always so thankful for, head over to our Patreon where you can support the show directly. Help us continue to do the show without having to worry about cost for all these things, which is an awesome thing. And so many people do. 30-plus people already do. And one of the things we do is shout out the people who everyone right now who's a patron we shout them out at the end of the episode uh as well as them getting early access to these episodes so if you want to follow and stay kind of ahead of everyone else he 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 then head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month uh, it helps us out a ton and it is awesome that we have people who are willing to support us directly like that but last but certainly not least head over all right head over last but certainly not least a shout out to our patrons though, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popest, Kevin Bacon Bits, Mark Schutz, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Zachary Sawyer, <laughs> Landis, Rude Days ninety three, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehooti MD, Rob Wartpoint, Richard Schaefer, and Hammenager. I'm getting a little more bold with saying that quicker. Thanks, guys. We appreciate your support so much.